0: soul condemned by shame hear mercy calling out your name his blood can cleanse your every stain bring your failures to the grave.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Community Bible Church Podcast, where we are doing a chapter-by-chapter weekly discussion of the book Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Uh, My name is Matt Owen. I am the lead pastor here at Community Bible Church of Orange Park. And today I am joined by Joseph Brader, who is the assistant to the regional manager here <laughs> at Community Bible Church of Orange Park. That's How it. are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great. I'm gunning for that promotion. Full assistant regional manager.
1: Well, you, well, I'll at tell least you what. the security representative or whatever. I like your work ethic. I think in a few years <laughs> you're going to be there.
0: Perfect. <laughs> awesome.
1: <laughs> uh, have you thought about, uh, have you given any more thought to getting a scooter now that you've seen mine I actually have, and I would love to get a scooter. The The route that I have to take to work is just so prohibitive. You can be... That's true. You don't really want to ride a scooter at 20 miles per hour down, down 17. No. No, I'm going to end up injured. You know... But it is is—it is fun to ride. You, because it's just me and you, you could, you could share whether you feel jealous or <laughs> if there's envy in your heart because it's just us in this yeah. room.
0: I, no, I mean, I, I like it, okay. but I'm pretty pretty content with my car okay
1: we'll see when honesty starts really taking <laughs> root in your heart
0: you'll go on sabbatical come back and then we'll you know we'll see where we're at we'll we'll, yeah. we'll reassess yeah
1: who knows what's going to happen when i come back from that <laughs> <laughs> you might have one of those uh slingshots they've got two wheels in the front and then oh yeah the, the one wheel in the back uh-huh. and they're belt driven uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to go for that either. That I would very much like, <laughs> oh. I would very much like to see yeah. you driving around in one of those. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this week as I was
0: lugging around keyboard and keyboard stand yeah. and all manner of instruments and cables and different things, I thought this is why I decided to go with an SUV. And so I really have been going the opposite direction of the
1: scooter. I, I'm actually imagining a full 88 <laughs> keyboard sticking in the, up in the passenger side of a slingshot <laughs> with the stand that... <laughs> Neither of us knows apparently how to fold down. Um, No, well, we don't have to go there. You can can stick with your car. Yeah, thank you for someday for your permission. Someday. (laughs) Uh, We are on uh, chapter fifteen today. Yeah, his natural work and his strange work, and man, that is a fascinating insight from limitations, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That you get. Dead center to the middle of the book, uh-huh. and it says, For he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of men. This is neither here nor there as far as the podcast is concerned in the discussion, but it is interesting literary features of the Bible that are meant to draw attention to particular things. I mean, yeah. Yeah. we're in Genesis, and we are noticing literary features mm-hmm. of the text that are totally like totally structural issues Artistic things, yep, but that do draw your attention. Maybe I was, maybe I've learned this and and just forgotten about it. But uh, when I read that, I was like, oh wow, that's amazing. So anyway,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, interesting. Sidebar, and this is this is like a whole different conversation. That's probably mm-hmm. a, a that we're going to have. Pocket. Apparently, well, no, we're not going to have the conversation. But it's just interesting to note. Uh, like, like I feel like in my experience, I've seen some of that sacrificed, like with the literary structure mm-hmm. sacrificed on in pursuit of being literal.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we want to read the Bible literally, sure. but you're not reading it literally if you're not actually reading it like the way that they wrote yeah, it.
1: <laughs> authorial intent,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting. Uh, mm-hmm i don't know oxymoron or yeah. juxtaposition or
1: something yeah some yeah, weird it word it is so the title i've already mentioned if you had to explain it to somebody what is his natural work what is his strange work obviously he's lifting those terms from somebody <laughs> who does he lift those terms from? <laughs> you know. well there's was that edwards
0: that... He, he quoted edwards a lot but i don't know if that was the edwards yeah, citation we've got right?
1: goodwin goodwin oh, yeah, when... it, yeah it is edwards oh it is, Edwards. He, he right, quotes cool. Goodwin later, but yeah, on page 142, he says, yeah. The man that's preached sermons like the justice of God and the damnation of sinners, this was the man who affirmed that God delights in mercy, but judgment is strange stranger. Yeah. Okay, so, now
0: we've got that. Yes. What does that okay. mean? His natural work is the thing that just sort of like naturally and inherently emanates from his character.
1: as mm-hmm. I As I would understand
0: uh-huh. it, as he explains it in this... This chapter, and as I, th- I think the Bible would understand it, his strange work is something that's not disconnected from his character, but is maybe not at, like an inherent part of who he is, mm-hmm. but is instead like a necessary function.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: So he doesn't want to judge. Yeah. Judgment is the necessary outflow of his justice mm-hmm. in the face of sin and injustice and mm-hmm. wrongdoing, but he's not inclined naturally towards wrath and yeah. judgment.
1: His natural work is mercy. His strange work is judgment. Yep. And in that terminology that that he's lifted from, from Edwards is basically intended to say that God is not necessarily just as inclined to do judgment as he is mercy. Right, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Either one. He's fine with either. Yeah. He talks about the doctrine of d- divine simplicity here. Uh, yeah. So again, like I'm five. <laughs> what... What is the doctrine of divine simplicity? Yeah. Uh, the doctrine of divine simplicity is
0: that uh, God is each of His attributes in full. Mm-hmm. They're not parts of; they're not equal parts of a whole, or disproportionate parts of a whole. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so they're not parts of the whole. Maybe mm-hmm. I should just go there. Uh, so He's not a certain percentage mercy and a certain percentage justice and a certain percentage holiness. He righteous, is completely yeah, well, righteous, mm-hmm. completely merciful, completely loving, completely gracious, completely just. Mm-hmm. All of those things are are like inherent to who he is yeah so to to understand him as more as more merciful than we've understood him in the past mm-hmm. does not mean that he's therefore less just so yeah. now mercy went from eight percent of the pie to 17 percent of the pie and mm-hmm. justice got cut
1: that's good because that and that that was going to be my next question why does it matter and that's that's exactly why it matters right there his attributes are not a zero-sum game where there's particular percentage if you take something away from one and add it to the other you've lost something he is all of these things Mm -hmm. one of the things Uh, that ortland says on page 138 at the near the bottom of the page he is if i can put it this way without questioning his divine perfections conflicted within himself when he sends affliction into our lives Uh, do you agree with that statement when he says that god is conflicted with himself within himself Mm -hmm. why or why not
0: yeah i agree with it as he's saying it i think it's a ortland is probably trapped into uh having to communicate in human terms and finite expressions with finite wisdom and Mm -hmm. understanding something that we can't fully grasp Mm -hmm. which is the like how god's emotions work within Mm -hmm. himself in perfection and infinity so, yeah, I like it's a hard thing to get your head around. I think I would probably agree with it with like a with that small caveat mm-hmm. of saying I, it's not an awesome way or a perfect way to say it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's accurate. I think it's yeah. I think he's doing the best that he can to communicate something. what
1: he's trying to say. Right, Yeah, yeah I I don't have something better to propose at the moment, but I don't love it. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's I understand what he's trying to say. Conflicted to me, communicates, and he doesn't say this, but it communicates in some ways the idea of God being torn the way we can be torn between should I or shouldn't mm-hmm. I? You know, when I, when I'm experiencing conflict, that's the way I experience it. Sure. Okay. And so, you know, if we want to go back to what we talked about on the podcast last week, mm-hmm. you know, that the pactum salutis, that you know, God has determined what he is going to do, mm-hmm. Uh, from the very beginning one of the things that we're going to talk about when i get back from my sabbatical and we're in genesis 5 and 6 is is god using the language of repenting of making man sure yeah and you know if you if you don't understand all of what the bible has to say about god you could you could almost come to a passage like that and and think oh god this happened god didn't see it coming yeah now he's trying to figure out what he's going to do and obviously there's nothing that God has never seen coming and Mm -hmm. God has known what he is going to do in every single situation. So he doesn't experience conflict like that. Right. Yeah. But he is trying to communicate maybe something about God's emotions. Right. If you want to put it that way. Yeah. When he uses that term.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's more of the way that I read it for whatever reason.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I didn't necessarily read it probably probably because i'm just importing theology i guess i didn't read it as god is now like torn up and mm-hmm. can't decide which way to go mm-hmm. but rather that god is doing what god will and must do mm-hmm. because of his character mm-hmm. and in that like feels that the tension of it because mm-hmm. i don't think we would have a theological issue with god saying i wish i didn't have to do this right and so that's kind of more of the way that I read it when we might have to deal out some sort of punishment or consequences to our kids because mm-hmm. uh, they're doing something. I'm not conflicted necessarily over whether I should or shouldn't deal mm-hmm. with him, uh, but there can be a conflict of like I really don't want to do something mm-hmm. that
1: you're like frankly that you're not going to like. My desire, my desire is to bless, right? Um, and the, although I have to do something, something needs to be for done your done. own good. even yeah. in that instance, that you know, yeah.
0: or to stay true to justice or righteousness or right. what have you i think we can still feel conflicted in a sense of not wanting to have to do that mm-hmm. yeah which i think is different than conflict in terms of like self-doubt or self-questioning which yeah. of course would be heretical or, or to even, suggest that god experiences yeah
1: or even wavering between you're yeah. trying to figure yeah. out what decision you're gonna make right a verse that came to my mind is ezekiel 33 11 where the Lord God says, "I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked." Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of again describing. It's it's again we're, we're grasping to find human language to explain something right. that we we can't fully wrap our minds right. around. Right. As finite beings, we can't we can't say as an infinite being, this is how. This is how it works, right? Yeah, uh, and God is communicating to us and accommodating Himself to us right, to yep. try to explain to us what's going on. Yep. But it's it is it is an interesting verse because God brings about the death of the wicked through judgment. So it's something that He does, but something that yeah. He takes no pleasure in. Right. Yep. So it's not equally pleasurable to Him to show mercy or to hand out judgment. He takes no pleasure in doing the judgment, though. God's glorified, right, by things that he hates. In some sense, yeah. So it brings him glory Mm -hmm. in his just punishment of sin. Right, because he's revealed to be just and righteous. right? Yeah. And yet, meeting out that punishment, there's a sense in which it brings no pleasure. Right. And Um, brings the
0: opposite of it, in in a sense. mm -hmm. Like, brings... uh, sadness or what have you right like yeah
1: and there's all kinds of examples of this he raises up nations you know in the old testament you know towards the end of the northern and southern kingdom he Mm -hmm. raises up nations that are going to take them into captivity and that's part of his just judgment and brings glory to him and then he judges those nations (laughs) right for doing so right yeah so we have all sorts of things going on that we are we struggle to yeah human language too. But we've talked about all this this theological stuff, which is important because in all of that discussion and trying to, you know, slice this as carefully as we can and as biblically as we can, Mm -hmm. we don't want uh to get we don't want it to to get lost in this of God's natural work and strange work in his heart. And that like Ortland is saying here and like lamentations shows us and like Edwards says he his his heart his bent is to show to show grace and mercy yeah and that's that's very encouraging to hear absolutely any other things you want to add to that before we sign off for the day no I don't think so all right well uh, then we will close this way as we always do Matthew 11:28 to 30 which this book is based on uh, come to me all